I'm Roy Sharples and welcome to the Unknown Origins podcast. Why are you listening to this podcast? Are you an industry expert looking for insights? Are you growing your career? Or are you a dear friend helping to spur your old pal on? I created the Unknown Origins podcast to have the most inspiring conversations with creative industry personalities and experts about entrepreneurship, pop culture, art, music, film and fashion. Bankrupt at 16. Thrown out of college at 18. Joined Sachi and Sachi at 21. Had a ball. Left advertising to go back to Wales. Started Howie's in 1995. Sold it to Timberland. Left. Started the Do Lectures, which was voted one of the top 10 ideas festivals in the world by The Guardian. And in 2012, started a company making jeans called the Hyatt Denim Company in his hometown of Cardigan, a town that used to have Britain's biggest jeans factory. Its purpose is to get 400 people their jobs back. As of today, it now employs 24 people. Welcome, David Hyatt. What inspired and attracted you to become an entrepreneur in the first place? I didn't do that good at school. So um, I didn't have like a big set of qualifications that said I was going to do pretty well. Um, But I always had this belief in the power of ideas and creativity. And I was always trying things at school. So, I mean, one of my big first adventures into entrepreneurship was in the summer, my school was like two miles away from the nearest shop. And so I would go up at night and buy wholesale lollipops, freeze them in my mom and dad's freezer. And I would sneak them into um, the school in my Adidas <laughs> whole little bag. And then I was had a monopoly and I had a high demand, especially in sunny times. And then um, I was so popular, none of the kids put their lollipop um, packages in the bin. So I was at an early age very conscious of plastic waste. And, um, and then, of course, the, the plastic trail led back to me and I got banned from selling uh, lollipops at uh, schools. So. <laughs> Words are energy. And when they're applied properly, they connect the chords of our soul. And that absolutely rings true when I first came across you, David. You produced the poster, Manifesto of a Doer, and you could totally detect that the word choice used in that poster had really been carefully thought through and crafted, where every single word mattered. And it's a telling sign that when you can read something once, you can pretty much memorize it and go away and it stays with you over time. And it becomes a reference point. And when I've led teams or also when I've kind of given gifts at various birthdays and other occasions, I've given it as a, as a signpost um, and a signal to help motivate and drive people and to really drive that ethos of people of action who move the world kind of forward and do things and help inspire others to do it too. Well, I mean, that's really nice that you say that. And um, I mean, a lot of the times I kind of write to myself to remember yeah. the things that are important to me. And yeah. so I stay in my lane, stay on track, stay true. And, and so, but when it resonates with other people, I mean, that's just like, that's just a happy 
that's a happy place then. You're clearly a polymath, David, and someone that's clearly applied a do-it-yourself sensibility to finding the future and being adaptive, persistent and resilient by bringing new ideas to, to market successfully. If I talk about Hyatt Denim is we live in a town that we want to live in. It's a beautiful place to live in. And it just happens to have had you know, Britain's biggest jeans factory. And it was making 35,000 pairs of jeans you know, a week for nearly 40 years. And then in 2002, that factory closed. And at the time, we were just embroiled in you know, building Howie's and, and then eventually selling it. But we started Hyatt Denim in 2012 to see if we could get 400 people their jobs back. I don't actually know truly if it is possible, but I do know it's not impossible. Yeah. And so and right now we employ 27 people. We make one of the best jeans on the planet um, and we make for creative people. And, and that's who I want to make jeans for because I, I love those people. That's, that's my... You know, those are my friends. Those are my people who inspire me. Um, and, and they change this world, I think, for the better. And so we've been doing that, you know, now nearly 10 years. And, and it, it's, you know, it's a beautiful labor of love. I mean, imagine, I don't know, um, the, the Porsche of jeans. And, you know, we're kind of, we're up there with the best makers in the world because we have the skill sets yeah. in, in this town, which are unlike any other town. And then we run an events company called the Do Lectures, and, and some of the talks have been watched 150 million times. It's run from a cow shed. And really, that came from me being invited to you know, a, a, a sort of a tools camp you know, run by Patagonia, a clothing company. And I couldn't go. And I said to them, well, don't worry, I'll watch the stuff online. And they said, oh, we don't record it. I'm going, wow, that's, that's such a, that's so sad. I mean, I'm going because I would love to learn a lot of that stuff. And so we started the do lectures. It was only ever supposed to happen for, you know, as a one off. And it got so good. And, and now 10 years or 12 years in, it's, it's one of the best, smallest events in the world. The tickets sell out in an hour. I mean, wow. and, and the talks are given away for free and there's no, advertising you know it's pretty poor uh, like it's pretty pure in his intention he wants to find another way he wants to help you take that next step yeah and yeah. and it's you know can you can you as a human being achieve your potential if you do that that's one of the most remarkable journeys a human being will ever go on and never mind oh let's go and um Let's go to Mars. You go like, let's try and conquer planet Earth first because, um, yeah. So the book company is run by Miranda and set up by Miranda, but the initial idea came from the do. Um, and she went and run it and she's done a, a, an absolutely brilliant job. And they're the kind of books that I would read and I do read because yeah. they get to the point real quick and, and they want you to help, you know, help you take that next step and um so and the books are available all around the world now and so she's done that and you know we get paid a royalty because everybody who's written a book has to speak at the do so 
it's kind of like a, a, a beautiful universe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually the do lectures is planet earth and there's all these nice planets. Yeah. Circling yeah. It. So it kind of works. And, and Miranda is just uh, an amazing person to work with. So we're very lucky. What is your creative process in terms of how do you make the invisible visible by dreaming up ideas, developing them into concepts, and then bringing them to actualization? I always kind of listen to my curiosity. And if I have an idea and maybe I put it in a notebook and, and if that idea doesn't tend to go away, then what I go and do is try and research it. And I think actually... They say that you know, the best writers are the best researchers. I think actually the best entrepreneurs, they kind of go, oh, I think there might be something here. And they, they should really, truly go and look for an insight where you go, oh, my God, I think this means something. I think what this means is X. I think something is about to change. And for an entrepreneur, you know, is you have to try and see things or sense things that sometimes aren't there, but you just have a feeling that it's about to make a shift. Yeah. Something is coming. And, you know, there's the old metaphor that actually, if you want to see on a train, then get to the train station early. What are the key skills needed to be an entrepreneur? Strengths of an entrepreneur is really grit. And my mom used to say, like, you, know, you are the most stubborn mule in history. And what I didn't realize at the time was that was going to see me, you know, that was going to be my friend. Like the fact that I was so stubborn because a lot of entrepreneurship, a lot of anything is actually not quitting and you yeah. know, to find a way. And even if the first way doesn't work, oh, the second way doesn't work, there, there is a way and and I think perhaps one of the most untalked about skills of a, an entrepreneur is that resilience when things go uh, a different way to the, the original plan. It could be the original plan was rubbish. Yeah. Um, and and it, it deserved to fail. And I mean, in a way, if you think about entrepreneurship, it is singly the most you know, best personal development school in history. Yeah. Um, because every day is a new series of questions, which, you know, and there's, there's not always a manual for each day. So you have to improvise, you have to come at things in a different way. You know, you can't, you know, if you get angry on stuff, you know, getting angry on stuff isn't helping you solve a problem. Um, and so, so, you know, the resilience and the grit and the stubbornness are this, um, you know, like secret source of lots of entrepreneurs because they keep going even when some data says that they should stop. What are your lessons learned in terms of the pitfalls to avoid and the keys to success that you can share with aspiring entrepreneurs? Like I said, it's kind of like a personal development program and you're learning some aspects where you go, oh, this is my blind spot. Um, oh, I'm not very good at difficult conversations. I need to get better at this because guess what? That thing that I ignored and put off got a lot worse six months down the line. So I think entrepreneurs always have their blind spots. And so you've got to keep working on your particular bit. You might be really strong on ideas, but not very strong on execution of the idea. 
And by the way, the idea is 50%, but the other yeah. 50% is the execution. So you go, well, okay, I had a really good idea. I had a really good insight, but I didn't nail the execution. Maybe that was the prototype or you know the, the photographs of the product. There was something missing and you go, oh, the only thing that matters truly is everything when you're doing creativity because you go oh you know does it matter the execution is off yes it does matter because you can take a really good idea and have insane like execution and people just go oh my god i love that and you can have a a great idea with poor execution and people just gonna not for me Sometimes when you've had a little bit of success, you think, um, you know, if you go and do something else, you're going to have similar success and you, know, you start believing your own hype. And that's quite a dangerous place for any entrepreneur. And, you know, we did a, a local restaurant in, in the town here and it was in between times. I, I just sold Howie's to Timberland. So I had a little bit of money and a little bit of time and, it was a, a failure and it had a really good idea, but it was too early. And so, so one of the things I would say to myself is to stick to what you know, stay in, in your particular lane um, and actually just get really good at that. Um, and just because you have been successful in this one area doesn't mean you're going to be successful everywhere. And, and so you've got to be respectful of your skill sets. Um, you know, try and do one thing well. That's an extraordinary, ambitious target. And, and, and don't spread yourself too thinly. And these old sayings, these old like metaphors or analogies or fables, there's a truth in each and every one of them. Don't spread yourself too thin. Why? Because you can't do everything well. Creativity is the most distinguishable quality for every leader in every domain. Creative leaders display distinctly different behaviors, values, and characteristics from traditional management, and they get exponential results, inspire creativity in others, build productive teams, and drive successful businesses. Yet while many organizations claim that they value creative leadership, most of them pay lip service to the idea to rev up the past by promoting leaders who do not espouse creative leadership, and instead are perceived as safer, risk-averse, and more likely to maintain the status quo, which is diametrically opposed to the necessary leadership needed to move the world forward. Creative leaders possess a distinctly engaging and inspirational leadership style because they truly put people first, are perceptive about their needs, are inclusive of and empathetic toward different cultures, promote diversity and difference, and have a purpose-led, mission-driven approach to making people's lives better and advancing society toward the greater good. They hold themselves accountable for their actions and have a social conscience and empathy for the environment by continuously managing innovation that powers the products they design, make and sell and the businesses they run. They have the intuition, skills and ability to see the unseen and make the invisible visible by lighting the way to the future and separating what is from what is not. 
They connect past and present to create something new. They manifest what is inside and around them in everyday life, transcending the ordinary and routine into something that has societal value by putting things together in a way that has never been done before. Creative leaders have confidence in their ideas and never give up on bringing them to fruition. It means leading without frontiers, by seeing around the corners and fearlessly navigating into the future. They inspire, empower and stimulate people and teams to achieve the unexpected and exceed normal performance levels. They have the charisma that engages and excites and inspires and motivates people by having and living a compelling vision that provides clarity, generates enthusiasm and delivers success always. They are genuinely empathetic towards people's needs and feelings and help them grow and become self-actualized, which, along with their transparency and honesty, solidifies trust and confidence in them. What's your vision for the future of entrepreneurship? For me, I have never been truly comfortable with being the boss. And the future for me and like in terms of entrepreneurship, I think is if you come in each day and you want to be the coach of your people and you want to create a space for them to do the best work they've ever done and, and creating an environment of fear is not going to let that happen. So flowers bloom in the sunshine. And so I'm going, right, how can I help people do the best work they've ever done. I have to hire people with hunger. I've never been able to teach people hunger. I've been able to teach them skill sets. I've been able you know, give them some new learnings, but I've never, if they don't have the fire in the belly, I've never been able to, to put it there. Motivation is lasts for about five minutes. It's like a shower. You go, how was your shower? Well, it was five minutes ago. I can't remember. And motivation <laughs> is the same. And so, so for me, the future of being an entrepreneur is going, how can I be a better coach? Because if I can take this raw talent and allow them to go and do things that perhaps they didn't even dream that they could, then that would be an amazing learning environment. And if they then want to go off and start their own companies, good for them. Because, you know, like, you know, then we'll get some more hungry people in and we'll train them. But to create the, a safe space, but a challenging space to do the best work you've ever done, that is a tough, tough thing. I mean, and that's why you go to most companies and they hire you because you're so good at something and then they clip your wings. They say they want you to fly and the first thing they do is stop you doing things. Creativity is putting one thing from one place that you've noticed with another place or another thing that you've noticed from elsewhere and putting them into a very different place. And so sometimes ideas are very awkward at the beginning and, and sometimes they have like difficult births. But if you can give patience to your idea and because people run out of patience and it's a shame because they're probably really good ideas, but they, they expect a quick win. Yeah. And, and if we judge an acorn, you know, oh, this thing's got to you know, like perform in the next three months, we're probably going to be pretty disappointed. You have been listening to the Unknown Origins podcast. Please follow, subscribe, rate and review us. For more information, go to unknownorigins.com. 
Thank you for listening. 